0: Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that has dominion over amateur UK film and TV podcasts within the Northwest.
1: <laughs> Specific. I don't I don't know where to go from there. Yeah, this week I'm James. This
0: week I am damn. This week we're going to. wish think episode hundred. You think we would be nailing that by now? But obviously not. This week we're going to talk about what we've been watching. Got some real news, and our main review is Jurassic Park Six Dominion.
1: Jurassic World Dominion? Is it not yeah.
0: Jurassic? Yeah, Jurassic Park Six. Jurassic World Three Dominion.
1: <laughs> to give it its correct title. Yeah. Are we? Are we going to acknowledge episode one hundred? We're not doing anything special. That's how lazy we are. But episode one hundred, we've made it. Yeah. Woo! I'll put we'll do
0: an Instagram post that has like um fireworks and party balloons on it or something.
1: And a hundred movie posters. Do you think you can squeeze that in?
0: Yeah. Very small on mobile, but
1: give it a go, see what it looks like. But before we get to the show and the regular format, I believe you've been on holiday, James. You ventured did. outside the UK. How was that?
0: Yeah, post-lockdown, holiday to core foo, great time had by all. Lots of snorkeling, sunny beaches, and even some karaoke in the karaoke bars, which is 100% English in the area that you're in, of okay. course. Holiday resort, Jet 2 style. Bit of karaoke, all good, except on the last day, I didn't burn my pale body all the way through. Factor 50 plus sun, waterproof sun cream all the way. Men, myself totally pale until the very end, where we were just waiting for a few hours in the morning for the Jet 2 pickup transfer coach to come. I thought, I'll just stay out of the sun because I'm not having my sun cream on, on the plane. Failed to do that. Burned myself really badly on the last day because we were sat under an umbrella on the beach. The sun, it goes through the umbrella. Don't trust the umbrella on the beach. It will go through. It will burn you.
1: There is a hot holiday tip from James. Hopefully plenty more to come. Let's just go back to the karaoke. Witnessing it or partaking?
0: Partaking. Partaking. All
1: right. Song of choice?
0: We did... Uh... Papa was a rolling stone by The Temptations, all four parts. (laughs) Uh, Hole of the Moon, Waterboys, Dignity, Deacon Blue, Don't Stop Believing by Journey, Duet with the Wife. Um, We did it it two nights. We did one night where I was like building myself up in confidence and the second night did it somewhere else. And we had the bar filled up by the end of the night. Lots of people doing it. It was a really amazing night.
1: Take no offense about what I'm about to say, but I cannot picture that and I wish you'd recorded it. We We
0: did record it. We did record it.
1: Okay. When we meet up in person, please show it me. Yeah. Well, I assume throughout your holiday, you spent nothing but time in your hotel room watching content for this very podcast.
0: Absolutely right. That's what I did. First thing that I watched in my hotel bedroom was we own this city, the HBO slash now TV slash Sky Atlantic police series. From the mind of David Simon, who you will know as the man behind the wire, expectations were high. It's got good reviews, but I don't think it's blown up the world. It's not a huge, massive hit that everyone's talking about. It's a six-part one-off series about the real-life story of the Baltimore Police Department's Gun Trace Task Force, which is quickly referred to as GTTF. So you have to keep up with the acronyms. And it's a true story based on a book of this horribly corrupt department that was stealing, they were were doing drug busts and stealing money from the people that they were arresting. They would steal drugs and sell the drugs. And eventually they all got found out. Everyone got arrested and it all turned out okay in the end, because everyone was arrested. They got found out and
1: spoiler gems. Yeah.
0: It's based on what I imagine is a very well researched book. And what that means is that there's a lot of technical legal detail and I'm starting off negatively here. I did really like it. There's a lot of technical legal detail and they refer to things without telling you what they are. So they keep talking about the consent decree. So you, sh- you need to look up what a consent decree is before you watch this program, because it's about the city government trying to get the police to agree to certain standards and basically be watched over by the city to have some standards. And the police guys are just like, no, we're not doing that the events preceding the series are important as well so you need to look up the killing of freddie gray who was a man that died in police custody so that context is so important that you have to look that up you have to do the reading before you watch the program because it's all about the impact of that event on the way the police behave and things like that so it's pretty complex you have to pay attention there's a lot of time jumping so it goes from like 2016, where people have been arrested and they're giving interviews right back to when John Bernthal's character first started in the police to some different periods in the middle where they're doing the training, but then at some point they became corrupt. And then when they were at the peak of the corruption, it jumps all over the place. And it sometimes will not tell you when it's jumped back in time. You just have to guess sometimes. In any case, it's an intelligent series aimed at adults, six episodes, one and done. Complete story. All the acting is superb. John Bernthal of Punisher and Walking Dead fame turns in an incredible performance. It's not sympathetic because he's the main guy, Wayne Jenkins. He's really awful, but he's so full of energy. You find that you have to watch him because you can understand how this guy with his charisma got to make people believe that he was the super cop when actually he was doing all these bad things. I'd heavily recommend it. It might be one of the best shows of the year, depending on the quality of the next six months of the year. I would recommend it. There's not a lot of hype around it. It's not for everyone because of how detailed and intense it is. And it doesn't hold your hand. But if you like the wire, if you like police programs, please watch it. We own this city, but now TV or HBO.
1: Featuring a theme tune by Starship slightly adapted, mm-hmm. I would assume. We own this city of guns and drugs. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Very good. Well, doing a bit of homework before watching it has slightly put me off, but it sounds like it's worth it. So I might just give it a go. Yeah. And yes, you can catch that on no TV, I believe. So what else have you been watching?
0: I won't talk for much longer about this because we on this it went out for a while. Sherwood, the new BBC murder programme starring uh, David Morrissey. Have you heard of this? I think it's, the, it's a fairly...
1: Yeah, I've watched Feel. the first episode and I bloody loved
0: it. Yes, I unfortunately have only managed to watch the first episode, even though I think it's four episodes in. I bloody loved it as well. It's it's like the time starring Sean Bean of this year. It's so well written. The characters are so well realised. It's in The fact that it's in Nottingham is very important to the programme. They make Nottingham look really cinematic. And it's all about the, in the aftermath of the, I think it's, it's not set in modern day. It's not uh, set in the miners strike. Two, Set in like early no. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, that's the
1: one. Yeah.
0: It's set in early 2000s and it's based on the real life murders that took place and it's a former mining community that is still divided from the divisions caused by the miners strike in 1984. And it gives you a really nice archive footage background to the minor strike and what happened and the the scabs and the pickets and things like that before it goes into the story of these men like mainly men that are still like carrying the baggage of all this and there's a murder and David Morrissey who's the main police guy he has to investigate it and uh, and David Morrissey Morrissey I actually think of him more as an actor now than as the former lead singer of the Smiths which I think is a testament to how. <sighs> How, how well he's done in his career that's gone on for so long. So it's, it only, I've only got one episode, but it's getting five-star reviews deserved. It's absolutely brilliant. I think we agree.
1: Yes, confirmed. Although I do want to rinse through the rest of it, which I will surely do so this weekend. Sherwood, yes, give it a watch.
0: And there's a lot of other actors in it where you recognise them from British TV, but you can't, you can't name them. You wouldn't know the names. If you even saw them written now, but when you see them, it's like, oh, it's, it's that person. Oh, it's that actress. It's them. It's them. And the whole cast is full of brilliant British television actors.
1: It's the the first 20 minutes is like a conveyor belt of who's who from British yeah. TV, isn't yeah. it? It's unbelievable. No, I agree with that. Forgot to even make that point. But yeah, it, it does look like it was set to be uh, given a very, very fine TV show. And yeah, can't wait to go through it. Very good.
0: Daniel, what have you been
1: watching? Not anything as stellar as that. I watched The Midwich Cuckoo's Midwich, Midwich, don't know. It's a New Year's Sky production uh, starring Max Beasley and Keely Hawes. And if you didn't know, it's based on the 1957 sci-fi novel by John Windham. don't know why I said it like that. Um, and it was made into a, a film in the 1960s called Village of the Damned. And it's, it's very much this evil children take over the world, or village in this case. It's that sort of plot uh, plot. Uh, if you dumb it down to its bare bones. And this came out to very middling reviews. I don't know if you stayed clear because you read them. And I thought, do you know what? There was one night we didn't have anything to watch. MasterChef Australia, we'd gone through every episode possible. And I thought, oh, let's just just see what it's like and we'll make our own opinion. In fact, Love Island wasn't on for another hour. That was it. So I thought, yeah, let's give it a go. I don't watch it, just the missus. First episode, we're introduced to this sleepy little village where one day, out of the blue, there's this electrical blackout and all the inhabitants fall unconscious. Spoiler so, if you want to skip ahead one minute, all the women wake up from this blackout, miraculously pregnant. Now, all these events are shrouded in mystery, and the Home Office swoops in and they deploy a shit ton of military presence within the area and basically hold all the residents. To a secrecy act so that they can't discuss what's going on and the women upon hearing that they've been made pregnant by this foreign unknown entity a lot of these women not all but some they choose that they want an abortion but this presence finds a way of convincing them otherwise mainly through a series of flashing light bulbs if i'm honest that does the trick Uh, Keely Hawes, she plays this local therapist, she's trying to hold the community together whilst all this is going on, and she's working in tandem with the Home Office and the police, but maybe there's something dark about her past, maybe we'll have to wait six episodes to find out what it is, and then maybe when we do, it's not all that interesting. It's quite a big cast, and, and there's a lot of little subplots, which are interesting in their own right. I suppose if I was to say any more, I'd be spoiling it, but I was actually impressed with a lot of this. It felt like it was big budget, and I wasn't expecting this. I don't know if I've watched enough Sky TV shows recently, but it felt like they had played money into it. There's like a lot of... There's helicopters and things, there's special effects and stuff in the first episode. I did like it enough to see it through to the end, but the last episode I got very heavily involved with a WhatsApp conversation and missed the last 20 minutes and my partner had to explain to me what happened. So maybe that's evidence that he lost a bit of steam or maybe it's just a sign of how evil technology is. Uh, So there you go, the the itch cuckoos. I, I thought it was quite good. Did get blasted by The Guardian, I think, for not taking advantage of doing something with the abortion plotline, given the times that we're in at the moment. But whatever. Yeah. Well, not whatever. I'm not saying.
0: Move on, move on, move on, move on. on. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have anything else on your watch list?
1: Unfortunately for you, yes. Sorry, because I went on a bit. Uh, You can always cut it out. That's why you're editing this week. It's your choice. Stranger Things season four is back. Everybody watched it weeks ago. Kate Bush has reached number one and no one's talking about it anymore. But they will be in a few weeks because second part's out. And I'm talking about it now because I'm just watching it. Have you Have you watched this yet?
0: We are currently, as a household, binge watching one to three and we've almost finished three. So by the next time we speak, I will have watched four.
1: Are you re-watching or have you never seen we We're
0: We've never watched three. We gave up after two. So watching three for the first time with some disappointment. Hoping that four will improve.
1: Okay, okay. Well, I really struggled to find motivation to watch this. I don't know if it's it was like a two year gap. I think wasn't there between the third and the fourth season, and it wasn't that I didn't like season three, but I just thought, oh, I don't really know if I want to get back into this. But I'm glad that I forced myself because it is rather very good. It is more of the same though. So if you like the eighties nostalgia and and monsters are plenty, this is this is that again, and it will deliver. I will admit it did take the entirety of the first episode for me to settle back into it, though, because there's a huge cast now, like an absolutely mammoth cast, and they've chose to split them all off into separate little parts of America to a degree. I don't really want to go too much into it because I thought you'd seen season three. I don't want to spoil the end of that, so skip past that. The shakeup that they've done by relocating the characters, I think it does work because there is so many of them having them in the same town and doing being part of the same scenes, it it would be far too much. So it it all works in its favour. Given that there's a lot of characters, I think that might explain why we've got such mammoth uh, episode lengths, which a lot of noise has been made around before it even came out. But I'll be honest, I don't think I've heard anyone complain once it's been released in terms of, oh, there's an hour and a half each episode. You're just getting more bang for your buck, and the money's on the screen. You probably already know, $30 million per episode. That is a hell of a lot of money. throw at a tv show but you can see it and although there's a lot of fun to be had there is darkness there so if you've seen stranger things before you'll know that it's always lent into horror but this is leaning into it even more so and i think a lot of why it works so well is the big bad in this season is not he's not human as such but he's closer to human than anything that has been the evil before A lot of people have made comparisons as well to like freddy krueger and the nightmare on elm street series and what it does with that don't want to ruin that for you it's very enjoyable if you've fallen off the bandwagon like i did i'd encourage you to get back on because it is worth it and it's a hell of a ride
0: i'm glad you've said that because we're a bit we've tuned out with season three granted we've been watching two episodes a day for the past few weeks or two or three or four so maybe just have stranger things burn out but i'm happy that you said season four is better
1: the only caveat to what i've just said though you are now binge watching it i've had a two-year break so it's like visiting an old friend you might just think i've had enough of you get out of my house you will remain to be seen
0: okay have you watched more of the boys season three
1: yeah i was going to ask you about that i haven't watched today's or yesterday's dropped hero orgasm episode that everyone's making a big song and dance about but i've seen the rest what about you
0: i have watched the hero orgasm and i think this season is better than it's ever been i don't know how they've done it because it's the same characters doing the same things but there's just something about it that is different maybe because it's all the actors are more comfortable in their roles not that they were uncomfortable but these characters at this point in the third year know the roles so well and homelander is so much more complex than he was and the butcher is more morally ambiguous than he was before they're like attacking things in our society in a really funny way like the theme park that they had themed in a certain way which i think was missing a bit from season two the action is still gory it's fully aimed at adults there's a lot of adult content the first did you say the first 15 minutes of the first episode will blow your mind. Yes. Walking through the giant tunnel of the thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That
0: sets the tone straight away, and it's brilliant. Totally deserving of the hype. Well done, Amazon and Jeff Bezos for making something this good and it being this consistent.
1: And again, similar to what you just said for my comments on strange things, I'm happy that you feel that way because part of me thought, he's just going to trash it. I saw what he did to Obi-Wan last week. He's going to be a naysayer. He's going to come down on this with a, ton of bricks but no he liked it so that's good it's definitely got his mojo back
0: we've covered a lot of content there for our 100th episode let's go into real news it's the real thing it is now real real news news i'm seeing this for the first time right now joker 2 lady gaga in early talks to join joaquin phoenix and todd phillips in musical sequel if a deal is made gaga would play harley Quinn, according to the hollywood reporter the joker is back and this time he's bringing a friend lady gaga's in talks to start opposite joaquin phoenix in the sequel to joker
1: you look dumbfounded james
0: where does it say it's musical phillips has been writing the script with joker co-writer scott silver for some time and has finally shown it to the studio Last week Phillips revealed on social media the title of the project, Joker, it's French. Folie
1: a deux, yes. Folie à
0: deux, referencing a medical term for a mental disorder. So where is where how do they know it's a musical?
1: Uh top of the article, Todd Phillips, a musical sequel. Okay.
0: I forgive you. Oh no, I'm no, there's, there's more. There's more. But wait, that's not all. Sources say the musical is also a sequel. There's no detail about the musical side
1: of it no other than the headline statement but just that alone is not ringing alarm bells but i'm like what what why how hey i just don't i can't picture this i can't picture what this could possibly be that would kind of fit in with that mood or tone of the first film that was so well, it was, it was just brilliant. I loved it. I loved The Joker. It was a great film, and I don't want them to ruin it.
0: Yes. Maybe it'll be a dark musical like Tim Burton's Sweeney Todd film, which I haven't seen. I just assume it's dark because everyone's wearing black on the poster. So it'll maybe somehow be a dark musical with Lady Gaga being dark and weird. Yeah. Or maybe they're calling it a musical because Lady Gaga is in it, and she'll sing, and she'll sing and Joker dances.
1: Yeah, well, I guess we'll will watch this space but i am yet to be convinced with this i think it's probably best to leave it alone but if you pleasantly surprise me then i'll be pleasantly surprised so that's good right
0: yeah but expectations are high what real news have you got
1: we can't go podcast and not mention marvel can we that's just stupid so let's not do that thor love and thunder early reviews are in this was the one that you are holding out hope for, isn't it? You yes. want this to redeem your faith in in Marvel.
0: That's right. If this isn't good, I'll check out of Marvel Bold. until the next film.
1: I'll let you in on a secret. It's not a secret. It's on the internet. It looks like it's good. Near enough, everybody that they've chosen to publish their <laughs> comments has been positive. Um Kevin Palawi from Yahoo Entertainment writes, Thor, Love and Thunder is f***ing great. His words, not mine. I think instantly one of my favourite Marvel movies, probably because it's easily the funniest, yet still had me choked up by the end. I hope Ta- Taika Waititi never stops making Thor movies. And then we have another comment further down. Not going to say who it's from. Holy shit! Thor, Love and Thunder. Is the perfect blend of Taika at his best with comedy and a punch to the gut all in one. I left this movie emotionally satisfied whilst also sobbing and just perfection. We stan dad rock soundtrack. Don't know what's going on there in the words of my new favourite characters. So there's just more. There's, there's, there's pages and pages of this. So no one's saying it's bad. Everyone's saying it's great. Return to form one of the best Marvel films. You excited?
0: I'm excited. Punch to the gut. So there's a punch to the gut. Thor will die then. So Christian Bale kills Thor. Natalie Portman kills Christian Bale.
1: If you're right, again, you've made me waste my time and money. Sorry. You're going
0: to be fuming. I'm I didn't say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I am. Okay, I am.
1: I've, I've got to confess. I obviously said it time and time again. Stay away from trailers. When I went watching Jurassic World this week, the trailer for this was on... And I thought it looked like utter pants, if I'm honest. I thought it looked looked a little bit shit. Yeah,
0: the trailer's not great. Not great.
1: Maybe they're uncharacteristically holding back all the good stuff. That's what it is. Yeah. Hopefully. So there you go. Joker sequel on the way. Thor on the way. That one's confirmed to be good, apparently. Joker, we don't know. We'll see. Any other news before we move on to the main event?
0: According to BBC News, Barry Manilow surprised punters at a Romsley country pub, country pub. And there is a photograph on this article of Barry Manilow standing with the pub staff. How they got an article out of this, I don't know, but they did. And they have quotes from members of the public that saw him making claims like, he was very polite and friendly. I spotted him. I recognised him instantly. Everyone was very excited. And apparently, according to witnesses, he was very chilled, relaxed and happy to have a picture.
1: Barry Manilow exists, world rejoices.
0: Yes, that's right. Dinosaurs don't exist, but they do in the world of the Men Review for this week.
1: Hello, I'd like to order
0: an opinion, please. This film is new Fresh Point oh, you Hold me sit back, this is a fact. we in the aisles. Here are some aisles. Thoughts in sync. Tell you what to think. I'll listen to you please don't rap again this week's main review is jurassic world dominion
1: if our world's gonna survive what matters is what we do now
0: i can use your expertise
1: you coming or what
0: a baby raptor i made a promise we would bring her home you made a promise to a dinosaur yeah Why? Over 20 years after the first death of the franchise, film executives try to renew public interest in the Jurassic World trilogy with a fragile balance of nostalgia bait and young actors. This film will determine, once and for all, whether Chris Pratt will have a career after Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Four years after the destruction of Isla Nebula... Nebula? Nebula? Noblar? Noblar. Yeah yeah dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world this fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures james if you have to tell me what you thought about jurassic world Dominion. yeah
0: yeah here we are here we are We're of a generation where Jurassic Park is one of the greatest films we've ever seen in the cinema in our childhood, a defining moment for us. I remember thinking Jurassic World 3 wasn't that bad. Lost World, I was disappointed. Jurassic World, I was hyped. It was okay. Lost Kingdom, if that's what it's called. Fallen Kingdom. I've not even seen it. Okay. I'm sorry. I've not seen it. I read, I remember reading a summary and going, yep. And thinking, not miss anything. So it's fair to say I wasn't that hyped for this, but I'm going to admit, I'm going to admit, I admit that when I watched the trailer and it had Sam Neill, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum it was good to see them again as much as i hate nostalgia bait, and as much as i mocked last episode people saying oh it's good to see ewan and hayden again and that makes obi-wan can all be good when i saw the trailer i thought oh this yeah i do have good memories however seeing these old actors come back in when i was watching them in the actual film it just made all it made me think is. I'm not watching the better film that they were in earlier. Nostalgia isn't nostalgia more of a melancholy feeling. Nostalgia isn't just a positive thing either. It just makes me think, oh, time has passed and memories of them in that film. Yeah, that was good. It doesn't make me enjoy the film more when I actually came to see it. The biggest missed opportunity of this film is that it doesn't follow through on the premise that you've just described in the opening where dinosaurs live alongside humans and there's a fragile balance in apex predator stuff. And what's the world going to be like now? Dinosaurs are here. If they're delivered on that issue, what do we do now? Dinosaurs are here. It could have been interesting. They could have tried to do something, but the plot actually, surprisingly, amazingly is about an agricultural threat. Genetically engineered locust being a threat to agriculture. And I don't think I'm giving much away there because they explain that in the first 20 minutes. One scene, they see the locust. Laura Dern sees the locust. The next scene, she explains the whole situation with no mystery or buildup at all, which is that these locusts are going to eat all the crops and we're going to run out of food. So then the story is actually, we need to bring down this evil corporation doing evil corporation things to save the food supply of the world. Oh, and there's also dinosaurs. And it doesn't deal with the dinosaurs being out in the real world you have some nice images of it at the start the dinosaur are catching the fish trawler a big dinosaur walking through an outside like lumber yard or something but then once again once again for the sixth time they go to an enclosed scientific compound and get into close escapes with dinosaurs we've just seen a million times before but they try to throw in completely unearned payoffs with the relationships with the new characters like Bryce Tullis Howard and Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern and Sam Neill, whose stories were already resolved. They tried to have them two groups, old and young meet up like it's a Avenger, an Avengers moment. And they try to do the hero shot of the Avengers meeting up. It's completely unearned and it doesn't work. They keep mentioning, oh, society's collapsing. Well, the world's about to end. But there's no evidence of that. There's no sense of what the general public think about all this or how they're reacting to things. Set aside the fact that it's unbelievable that dinosaurs will be a threat because you could just murder them all easily with guns. Like, humanity has no problem making other animals extinct. Dinosaurs are just animals. They're not bulletproof. The cast, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, it was fun to see them nine years ago. But now in this film, you can feel the the contractual side of it. They're doing the third film to get the contract done. The old cast, Jeff Goldblum, is playing Jeff Goldblum. Laura Dern and Sam Neill, they do a good job. They're they're professional, experienced actors that turn up and actually deliver what they're supposed to do. So they're professionals, deliver a good performance, but there's no point in them being in this film. There's one scene where you have uh, Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern talking to each other. Behind Sam Neill's back, and they're trying to recreate the dynamic from the first film. But that was already done perfectly 30 years ago. So we don't need to see it again. And it just seems ridiculous that these people 30 years later still have the same dynamic between each other. Like I say, they try to touch on serious issues around collapse, environmental, agricultural collapse. You can maybe feel like the writers have researched that. They want to make some kind of point about it, but just having characters mention it doesn't make it thought-provoking or meaningful or like thematically deep or memorable it's a really bog-standard dinosaur action film not into it sorry what did you think of Jurassic World Dominion
1: we'll try not to repeat some of what you've said but I already know that I will fail I love the original 1993 film like you said who doesn't It's an indisputable classic. Do you remember the Velociraptor saying that I used to do at high school?
0: Yes. Now that you've just mentioned that now, yes, I do. Don't do it.
1: No, I can't. (sighs) I've I've got a chest infection. It would not do me good. It does upset me. This is a franchise that does not have a legacy and it should have. The original film does, but it's hard to believe that that concept that was so promising and and ripe for exploration has led to five mediocre films that completely failed to even get close to capturing the magic of the original. But ignoring that, they never really attempted to do something daring and different. Now, I've said that, but my memory of every one of those other films is beyond flimsy. But I don't care if I'm wrong in what I've just said, because it's just an indicator that they were just poor. They were poor films, and they've left no lasting impression on me. And that did affect my experience with this film because unlike you, I had seen Fallen Kingdom, but I didn't have the foggiest idea what was going on at the start of this film. I didn't know how we ended up here. I didn't know what had gone on. So actually during the film, I was looking up five things I need to know before watching Jurassic World Dominion. Had my phone out, criminal anyway what i'm led to believe is what you've alluded to is the promise was oh what's the world going to be like when dinosaurs are free to roam the earth and they've got to coexist with humans and you're right it just abandons that completely there's a brief exploration at the beginning but then it's 100 what you identified let's get them in a closely confined environment and let chaos ensue once again and it is just lazy and it's a copper of sorts And I can only imagine that the reason that they've done that is because that is the bit that was so magical about that first film. It was amazing. There's so much tension. It was something we hadn't seen before. That's why people, or it's part of the reason that people love that film alongside the immersive special effects and all that stuff. So they're just trying to do it again. The other problem, you bring in the old cast back. And you've got the new cast and you put an increased pressure on yourselves to deliver to two possibly different fan bases because you will have people who are just like, I like Jurassic Park. I don't care about the rest, but they're trying to rope you in so that you do actually buy a ticket for this film and contribute to its mediocre sales because it's not doing very well considering what it should be doing. And yes, it is nice to see Laura Dern and Sam Neill back, but for me, I I don't disagree with you. I think they are good, but some of the scenes, if I cast my mind back to the Jurassic Park, this feels comical in a way and ridiculous. So even the exchanges between them just feel a bit hammy and forced. It's not their acting, it's the situation that they're in doesn't feel realistic. I think i'm trying to say i know it's an unrealistic idea in general but in that first film i bought into it whereas now we've just gone too far out of the realms of possibility for me to uh go with it it's not a complete disaster there's some decent set pieces along the way and i would say most of that's at the first part uh within the first third of the film where you get chris pratt and bryce dallas Howard. They stumble upon this dinosaur black market in Malta. There's some action with cars and bikes and dinosaurs and a a laser pen. That's all good. I'd not in depth looked into it, but critics have panned this. It's got, I think, 30 out of 100 on Metacritic. And when it's a film of this caliber, that is pretty much a guaranteed cinematic death sentence. So with that in mind, I went into this expecting the worst. And I think because I was already there, it was mildly enjoyable, but I have serious issues with it. I, I hate what this has become, but it was okay in the moment. And okay is is all I can say. There's no wow factor to it because we've seen this all before, even quite literally in some parts. They do a full reenactment of the T-Rex scene around the car from the first film. And that wouldn't be an issue if the character drama was good, but I don't care. I just don't care about any of the characters at all. And I think one of the things that they've fallen into the trap of with this is it's got to be bigger and better. Well, not better necessarily because it never have been, but bigger than the last film. So let's throw more and more dinosaurs on screen. Let's just bombard you with them until there's no impact whatsoever. A locust should not be the scariest part of this film. It should be a dinosaur, but the dinosaurs look cheap and fake. It's good CG, but nothing matches a mechanical T-Rex. That you saw in the first film it's just dull and boring it's almost like they've just not thought oh do you know what if we strip that back and we don't just show you relentlessly the dinosaurs maybe it will have an impact maybe there'll be something in that moment they've just lost all that train of thought oh yes there are worse ways to spend two and a half hours of your life but there's also far better things to do with your time they've done this to death now let it be extinct extinct
0: nice I like that Thanks. This idea of Jurassic Park being a franchise, I don't think it should even be considered as a franchise. It should be thought of as Jurassic Park is a classic and there are five sequels. You don't have to label everything as a franchise. And even in the the poster for this film, it says it's the epic conclusion of the Jurassic era. Do not try and make out like this is some conclusion to a 20-year story. its It's not. It's like any other film that has lots of sequels. Like Dirty Harry is a classic, and then there are Dirty Harry sequels: Police Academy, The Naked Gun. There are films that there's the one classic, and then the sequels.
1: No, I think that's that's the best way of me reconciling it in my own head because the two should not coexist with one another. They just shouldn't.
0: There are plot threads as well within this one trilogy that are not memorable and that I don't care about which I normally know from reading about, like the Maisie Lockwood being a clone of her mother, but then she's not a clone. She's actually a daughter, but is still sort of a clone. Don't care.
1: I think that was meant to be the heart of this film, and it's just not. It just adds nothing. The thing that I don't quite get with this is why it's been so hammered critically. For me, this is no worse. I know you've not seen it, but this is no worse than Fallen Kingdom. It's not, it's almost like people have deceived themselves into thinking this was a worthwhile venture. And then we finally got to the third one. They've realized, oh, they've not changed the formula. And then they go, no, no, it's bad. Yeah. But it's actually no worse yes. than the last one, in my opinion. That, that's all I'll say.
0: That's a good point. Do you think part of it is that there's a desire for this franchise to end? So people <laughs> are saying it's worse than it actually is because they really are sick of it. Like I've just said, and maybe you a little bit in your comments, that this is enough now. Yeah. Just leave it. So the film itself doesn't even matter. It's just the fact that you need to stop doing this. Negative yeah. review. 30% Raptor tomatoes. Stop. Because, like you said, there are some good moments, there are good moments. But those moments in the trailer, like when he's underwater and he has to avoid the swimming velociraptor. that mm. he escapes way too easily. But it has its, it does have its moments.
1: And doesn't get hyperthermia. Don't get that.
0: Yes, doesn't dry off or anything. It just
1: yeah. it's Chris Pratt, he's a superhero. In whatever mm-hmm. film is in. <sighs>
0: Daniel, would you recommend Jurassic World Dominion?
1: I don't know. How I can say everything that I've just said and then say I recommend it. It depends what you want out of it. If you love that first film with all your heart, no. Okay. No. My miss is like this. That's the only thing that I'm trying to like. go. Give a balanced opinion. I don't think I have. James, what about you?
0: No, I would not recommend this film. Let's go into Spoilers. Bruce Willis. His real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> doop, 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 spoilers.
0: Our heroes, all seven of them.
1: There's more than that, isn't there?
0: Is there? There's the three older characters. Bryce Ellis Howard, Chris Pratt, Kyler Watts, the pilot, Maisie Lockwood, the girl. That's You must, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry for questioning you. It is seven. Oh, but there's
0: also Ramsey Cole, who is... There's too many characters. They try to stop the plan of... Dr. Lewis Dodson to, <laughs> what is this film about? <laughs> the locusts are going to gonna eat all the crops, but it's an accident. But Dr. Lewis Dodson is, is an evil uh, Elon Musk type character who looks exactly like Apple CEO Tim Cook. But in the end, they find a way to eliminate the locusts and save the world. And they win yeah but what about the dinosaurs which is the whole point of the film they just there's a message at the end of the film where they say they kept all the dinosaurs on that island as a sanctuary all the other dinosaurs that had apparently taken over the world did they just disappear presumably sure. yes they just vanished they just got snapped out of existence and that's the end and my god they've got the goal at the end of this film to try and do a helicopter scene where at the end of Jurassic park, the characters are all in the helicopter flying away and you get the piano version of the Jurassic park theme and they all watch the dodos fly away. And it's like, okay, we're safe. We've been through an adventure. Look at how our relationships have changed. They have the goal to put these characters in a helicopter again, have them look at each other, do the Jurassic park piano theme again how dare you this isn't you've not earned that moment of going oh what a what a great adventure but it's almost as if knowing that they cut away from that very quickly they sort of do the helicopter scene do the first few bars of the jurassic park theme and piano and then cut away to something else because they know there's absolutely no way they can get away with just th- three minutes of them in the helicopter like
1: doing jurassic park you're right yeah <laughs> you're right you're right to point out it, it wasn't earned at all did you know that the scientist guy in this is the guy from the first film bd wong yes i do and he's I been in, he's that. been in all of them
0: and they've, they've tried to turn him into the the scientist who has this ongoing moral conflict but he's, he's not he's, we don't care about him or what he thinks
1: he without us even realizing it he was supposed to be the glue that held all this together. Yeah. And it's just not not
0: relevant. Yeah. He's clearly ethically compromised at this point. Stop letting him do things.
1: I don't, I just don't have much to add, to be honest, because when was it? Wednesday I watched this film. I've all but forgotten the majority of it, apart from a few visuals mm-hmm. here and there. So let's, do, do you have anything you wanted to call out?
0: I just, it's not much of a spoiler, but I just want to call out that Ditchin Lackman, Dichen Lackman from Severance and Altered Carmen, she's, she's a really good actress. She was in this, and I thought, oh, I wonder what she's going to be doing. She's in one scene. Yeah. She's in one scene, black market, dinosaur, salesperson. Oh, I'm going to kill you. That's it. And so much of it is like that. We think, oh, it's Omar Sy from Lupin. We know he's good. What's he going to do? One scene, then he's done.
1: Well, let's unless you did have anything else let's not end on a so and Yeah. Yeah. Pick your favorite scene from this film or, or it could just be a visual. Go on try and see try and see the positives. Come on. Come on.
0: My favorite scene was when Alan Grant, Ellie Sattler and Ian Malcolm were talking to each other after Alan and Ellie first arrived at the compound. They were having a chat and they were having chemistry between them all and it was it was fun to see them back again. What about you? What would you what is your highlight?
1: Weird one, I found the scene out in the wilderness with Bryce Dallas Howard where she has to duck underwater to avoid the whatever the species of dinosaur that it is that thought they'd made it up, like gigantosaurus, monstrous. Yeah. Wrecks, Mega
0: awesomosaurus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um when he kind of hovers over and like <laughs> over a head and then it just pans to beneath the water's surface quite like that yeah thought thought there was a bit of tension and i liked how it was short it was good the other bit do you remember the it was around the two hour 20 mark the screen went black and text proceeded to follow
0: that was a highlight as well yeah Yeah. the the sense of relief seeing that smooth movement of text across the screen
1: well we did end on a sour note regardless so that didn't work thank you very much for listening if you've met it so far if you wish to follow us on instagram you can do so at in the Hours podcast you can also email us at in the isle podcast at gmail.com with any feedback or suggestions and please rate and review us on your podcast service of choice james do you have any words of advice for prehistoric creatures that may be still roaming the earth and we just don't know about them yet
0: shoot them shoot them with guns
1: The advice was supposed to be for the priest. Oh, people. for
0: the priest. Shoot
1: pre- yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. That works. Just run
0: away from people with guns, then, is what I'd say. <laughs> Just stay on the island. Don't leave the island, and you'll be fine.
1: Right. What are we watching next week?
0: For Love and Thunder, starring Natalie Portman in the starring role as Thor.
1: Well, if we can believe the words of paid for critics. It's going to be good. See you then. Bye.